This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship. I'm Genesis, the girl who didn't write an intro today, so we're winging it. And I'm Vervato, the girl whose motto in life is to wing it. Usually. Love it. And today, we have a very special interview with a friend of the pod and Mass Effect patron episode favorite, Pipe Man. Favorite? Uh, now, this one is going to be a little bit different because we didn't bring him on to talk about a specific video game romance, but more of a candid chat about how gaming in general can really change your headspace and then sexy time. So a few weeks ago, you were on the Mass Effect Lorecast patron episode and you shared a story with your listeners about your experience being a Marine and what it was like to transition back into civilian life. And what Mass Effect specifically, but just games in general, did for you. Do you want to walk us through that again and tell your Mass Effect origin story and how it brought you to where you are today? Sure. So briefly, um, because I don't want to get into too many details. I was in the Marine Corps until about 2008. And um, shout out to Vervada because I'm sure we're going to have loads of jokes back and forth. But, um, so anyway, um, I was in the Marine Corps until about 2008 and about two, two and a half years after I left the Marine Corps, my best friend, um, battle buddy, however you want to, um, you know, whatever label you want to use died. And I'm going to be just brutally short about it. Um, and it sent it sent me into quite the depression afterwards we had we were best friends we'd served together for at least two years three years at the same duty station and had grown quite close um and following his death i you know i had gotten out he was he had still been in um i don't know if you want to call it like a survivor's guilt or anything i know um there are probably some veterans listening to this that at least can can relate to that term in in uh whatever way they will but um the overwhelming feeling of just not not being there and just having this emptiness inside it just it it crushed me for god probably i mean you know a full year of just of just a dark depression now that aside um my best friend and i have been gamers for most of our lives um he i I was always the best friend that would just kind of sit and watch until his mom yelled at him to let me play in which my my response was i i kind (laughs) of enjoy watching you know i i wasn't as good a gamer as he was so you know i was perfectly content to just sit and watch anyway he had played mass effect um i want to say i want to say in 2007 when it first came out i watched for 
you know, a bit, um, never, never totally got, got into it until um, a couple years later. And he gave me the original three games. I guess he had moved on to whatever next game he was playing. And my play, my first playthrough through the game was such, it had such an impact on my mental health, my emotional health, and you know the the joke I sort of use is it it brought me back through the Omega Four relay. You know, for those of you who haven't played Mass Effect, mm-hmm. going through the Omega Four relay is sort of synonymous with beginning the suicide mission, where you know you're not coming back. So playing through those games, it it rebuilt my entire headspace. You know, and in in terms of not just romance, um, I know we'll probably talk about that a bit, but simply having a squad to take care of and having friends and, you know, Bioware is so good at writing what I I think I would define as the human condition. Not only mm-hmm. do you have squad mates, but they've got their own problems. They've got their own backstories and histories and and whatnot. So to be able to find a a community even if it's you know uh artificial intelligence and you know npcs um to find that sort of community again really sort of just re i was i felt reinvented if you will and found new purpose and it's you know it's it's been my favorite game ever since Mm -hmm. the fact that it's you're not necessarily building romantic relationships with everybody in the game, but you're establishing a relationship. You're learning about a person mm-hmm. through dialogue choices. Yes, but I mean, you pl- get to find out platonic relationships that build into romantic relationships, or mm-hmm. even if they don't. I mean, you. I think you. You sort of get the same connection, the same level and depth of connection regardless of oh. where that relationship ends up which is really oh yeah neat. definitely yeah. the fact that you can have best friends in the game mm-hmm. you know it's like garris and bro shep are total <laughs> bros together there is no shepherd without vicarian <laughs> i have that keychain so do i i was going to say i from my perspective when it comes to i mean i've been a gamer my whole life but when, when i specifically think about maybe why so many veterans might be drawn to games like what Bioware makes is is not just about the romances like you're saying it is the squad dynamic it's literally like this group of people that are all different coming together to do the same thing that's exactly what the military does and it doesn't even matter what job you have in the military I can guarantee your job and my job were so far apart I was intel desk job super squirrel secret stuff And we still, I had that feeling because we were doing something that felt like it could be life or death for a lot of people and felt so important and like saving the world kind of, you know, when it comes to Shepard and their squad. And I mean, I hadn't played Mass Effect again while I was in the Navy and I, when Legendary Edition came out and I played it and it's, my whole life is so different now than when I was in the military. I 
went from being that and working with national intelligence agencies to being a stay-at-home mom and full-time student at the time. Now I have a job, but it was just so different. I felt like I was me again playing Mass Effect, if that makes sense. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah, it's it's funny because, and I get this a lot with Bioware games, although there are other developers in which I think I think you can sort of experience the same connection. When you get to customize your character and beyond just looks, you get to say, well, you know, here's the background and here's sort of the personality. I think a lot of gamers, at least the first time that we do it, we sort of, we create a character in our own likeness. And it's sort of a way to to re-experience, you know, either portions of your life or aspirations and dreams that you have but you get to sort of do it through an avatar that you get to guide and say well i can't do this in real life but well what if i could and you get to play through these really dynamic expressive plot lines that have all of these moments where you get to decide what would i do in that situation or how would i how would i have reacted given these Mm -hmm. circumstances i generally don't make my playable characters look physically like me i mean i'd rather make it the best version of something you know it's like (laughs) i want my playable characters to look badass and i don't think that i do (laughs) so i don't make them look like me (laughs) but then in those decisions that you get to make that's where i feel like those are my choices, my decisions. I want to know, like, what would I really do in these situations? And hopefully I never have to come across any of them in real life. You know, do I want to blow up a base and kill 350 million people? No, not at all. But it's a decision that you have to make and that you have to live with. I mean, I have to imagine that all of the devs who do this are, they are human as well. So you have to think that you know, these these plot lines and these decisions that they write into the games weigh just as much on them as it does for a gamer. I mean, as a as a developer and as a as a writer, you have to you can't just choose the option that you would as a person. You have to explore all of the options because, you know, we're all individual. We all have different mindsets. So I imagine just how, you know, what the the gravitas of you know flushing out all of those different iterations of plot lines is like and the consequences of your decisions i don't know why but the the whole curing the genophage and is really coming to mind right now the choice of saving maitland's data or not that one to me it felt like it related directly to like the studies that the nazis did was horrific but we gained medical knowledge from that and medical knowledge that we still use to this day. And was it moral the way that they got that knowledge? Absolutely not. Was it moral mm-hmm. the way that Malin was discovering his things? Absolutely not. But the decision to either keep or destroy that data has very long-term consequences. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And I, it, I know I've talked to some gamers who, you know, we'll do our renegade run through where we're going to be a total asshole and make all the, and we get five minutes into the yeah. game and we can't do it. It's, it, there's, it's like, it's like, I can't, 
I can't hit the button that makes me Mm-mm. an awful person, which I think is just I think is just so fascinating. And I even I sort of get like secondhand cringe when I watch people do these run throughs. I'm like, ah, I don't I don't want to see no. how the character reacts. I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, the armchair like anthropologist in me. Yeah, really wants to. I don't even know if anyone's done this, but I would love to know. What are the differences between the people who can't bring themselves to make those choices and the people who actually can, whether they're easily making those choices or whether they're having to force themselves? But I I think it's kind of positive that so many gamers are like, no, I can't hurt the fake CGI person's feelings. Like, I have to be a renegade or not a renegade. I have to be a paragon or I have to make the nice choice. I think that says good things about humankind overall. I would hope so. Yeah. And it's well, and you know i know your podcast is sort of centered around romance and that i think that just adds a whole nother level to you know what is what is expressed by doing a you know by playing a role playing game i mean i'm sure i know at least i do i'm sure i'm sure everybody has that one past relationship where they they really wished they could have been better or they could have done something differently or any 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 number of revisions but i think what's really neat about romance and video games is that you get the opportunity to replay those moments and i think a lot of writers have done a really good job of sort of guiding the player in what i think we would consider as a morally respectful courteous you know tact you know, I don't. I don't think I've ever played a video game where you're beating up on your significant other and causing distress and domestic, you know, abuse. Like that's not something we see a lot of. You know, maybe I'm just not playing the right games, but I think I am playing the right games because yeah. I haven't seen a lot of that. I'm trying to think. Well, something. Yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know about that, but something that I found interesting doing various research for this podcast is that gamers use video game romance to experiment with their sexuality, and especially LGBTQIA plus individuals, because. There's a lot more, I mean, it's not great still, but there's a lot more representation in video games nowadays, especially with Bioware games when it comes to those types of romance options. And so I actually saw a, some of the research showed that women tend to experiment a little bit more than, than men in, as gamers. But I did see something I didn't expect that said men prefer romance options when they're tied into the story in a nice way, but you're not shoehorned in. Like it's not you you're not mm. forced to have a romance, but it doesn't feel like just a lame side quest, like not to throw Skyrim under the bus, but you know how it, it doesn't really matter if you have a spouse or not in Skyrim, like that sort of thing. Right. So like the way Mass Effect or Dragon Age does it is apparently ideal for male gamers. Which I I would have thought it would be the opposite, but apparently women don't really care if it's tied into the story or not. Do you do you have a preference, Pipeman, as a member of the male species? <laughs> I think what I really enjoy about a couple of the games that we've mentioned is the yes, you can experiment, but I believe that like, there are multiple characters when you have options, and some of these characters have really deep backgrounds, and some of these characters are just kind of flings. I think it sort of gives the player a safe it's a safe space to really, you know, help decide for themselves. If I've created this character in my likeness or I'm making decisions as if I were actually in the game, 
when you're presented with these options that give you a, a whole a different different types of relationships it's it's i think it's it's great and i mean personally i really enjoy the story you know i always i love background stories i one of the things that um bioware does and i because we're talking mass effect that they do really well is that each character has their flaws you know romance in real life is it's not a hallmark movie it is messy and you know we are all we all have baggage you know and this maybe we're flying southwest you can have as much as you want but i think at the end of the day to acknowledge these characters who have their own problems or insecurities or these character moments to help them grow through it i think adds a whole depth to any sort of romantic relationship because through that relationship i mean not only are you learning about this character but i think you're actually you're also learning about yourself in a bit i mean i know in games it's you can only program so much for npcs and for scripted dialogue but you know i think a lot of these developers have done amazing work in recreating these characters that we can relate to we know somebody Mm -hmm. like that we know somebody who's a colossal archaeologist nerd (laughs) well maybe um we know somebody who has who has some family troubles but at the end of the day if we're given this opportunity to sort of explore that backstory and help them help ourselves you know i i think it's a great sort of aspect to some of these games i definitely know people who have family issues and need help resolving them and sometimes it just takes that third party who can step in without a bias and that is who shepherd is on most of the loyalty missions let me be the third party to save you from your daddy drama hashtag jacob (laughs) hashtag miranda and yeah hashtag tally okay so okay so everybody (laughs) has their family problems but yeah yeah i mean i guess on one hand, you can look at it, it's kind of disappointing that we all can be wrapped up into, you fit this trope, or you fit this trope. But it it's real life. I mean, it makes it so, that's why it's so relatable, because when you boil it down just enough, where it's specific, so that it applies to you, but general, so that it applies to a lot of people, like the mm-hmm. daddy issues thing, or the mentor-mentee thing, or, you know, there's just so many, like, there's this great website I've discovered since starting this podcast called TV Tropes. And it's literally, they have video games on there too. So you can go by character and it just lists all their tropes. <laughs> and it's it's really crazy how you can just boil down this whole personality by these tropes. I'm like, yeah, that that's right. It makes me want to know what mine are. <laughs> Cat Lady's one of them, obviously. But yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's nice though, because it makes it easy to relate. And that's all we want as humans, I think, is just Mm -hmm. to hear stories that we can feel a part of. We want main character energy. But anyway, back to romance. Yeah, yeah, right. Back to romance. (laughs) Or just relationships in general. Because I'm I'm a huge fan of platonic relationships, too. It doesn't have to be romance. I know our podcast is about romance, but I love love. Right. I think our podcast should be the broad range. It's not just romances. It's relationships. It's bromances. It's your BFF bestie for life. All Mm -hmm. of them. I mean, you can't have a bromance without romance. So yeah. You know, they're so there's some good. What's your favorite bromance in game? Can you do you have one? Oh man, oh boy. So I think the the Shepherd Garrus one is is definitely up there. Um, but uh, I've really enjoyed 
there's been a really good bromance in the Gears of War um, series between um, mm-hmm. Phoenix and Dom. That one is a little bit more hits a little bit closer to home just because it's more you know sort of military related. But you know, I, I mean, relationships like that are I think are just are as you know are equally as important. I mean, you think of some of these plot lines that are just driven by two guys or or two women who are just you know who are experiencing struggle and together is uh i think it it carries the same weight different direction but the gears of war one definitely um because when i was talking to my husband about it and he's former military also he was like we have a party in here (laughs) right i'll call him over i'm not former military so but he's like if there was anything that i would want to come on and talk about it would be the relationship between dom and nick in gears of war and i was like "I i get it it's a total bromance between two military dudes and that's what your life was for a very long time yeah um i mean you go through shit together it's uh you know which is which is a very strong bond and i should i guess i should point out for any veterans who are listening you know yes i'm marine corps i i will readily admit that i am a pogue so i don't have as much combat experience as a lot of you probably do so you know take this with a grain of salt but the the friendships and family non-blood Although yeah, in these case it was, it, yeah. Well, yeah, those relationships that you form last forever. I've got acquaintances that I will talk to that I haven't seen since combat training, which and that was a long time. Ago. Well, yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> so and we and we we haven't seen each other, but we still talk as if, hey, I'll see you at PT tomorrow morning. You know, mm-hmm. it's it it's like we it's we hit pause. But when we resume, it's we, it's like we never, we never forgot anything. Yeah, I, so. I completely agree. When my case, I feel like I was so lucky in the fact that my special job was with every other branch, even the Coast Guard, and a lot of civilians. <laughs> I have to include the Coast Guard. Um, we all, we all, we all, we all do. <laughs> there was only a tiny, tiny fraction of the people I worked with that were Coast Guard, but they were there. And some, you know, I got to make friends from every branch and uh, we were all Intel, but um, my school that I went to was on an army base too. So I feel like I had like a very worldly when it comes to military, at least American military experience. And even though we all had our differences, even just in branch it's the same like I and age didn't matter either some of my friends are way older than me or were younger than me and we still talk now or you know if I ever saw them it's nice we are scattered all four corners of the country or even the world because plenty Mm -hmm. of the people I know end up stationed overseas somewhere too and it's just nice to know that I pretty much have a friend wherever I go you know it's just really nice. It, and it's like this weird understanding, I think. I'm not sure if it... I'm sure it exists with civilians that travel a lot for their job, too. Or maybe government civilians, because they, they rotate around kind of similarly to military. But it's like this understanding that, you know, you're going to move at some point. So you kind of find fast friends when you get there. And there's no hard feelings when you leave. It's just this weird... Yeah. I don't know how to explain it because I've, I've known a lot of civilians that have to go through this like breakup process when you move or something. And it's just so much simpler <laughs> when it, they were yeah. military because they're just like, oh, yeah, you're leaving. OK, bye. I've, it's funny because um, so people are probably 
probably wondering, well, if you're a pogue, which is person other than grunt. So, um, you know, people are probably wondering what I actually did. Um, part of most of my enlistment was actually done in the Marine Corps band program. I, um, I'm a musician by trade. I'm at, this is actually the recording studio that I'm in right now. And part of being a musician with them, um, we got to travel abroad, play for heads of state, play. For, it's, there were just amazing opportunities. And in two, I want to say in 2012, this is after I left active duty, um, I actually got together with a whole bunch of other former Marines. Um, we created a, an ensemble and we went and played at the Nova Scotia International Tattoo, um, which was, I mean, just an amazing experience because we represented the United States. We had Harris Music Corps Eins, which is like the first German army band there. Um, we had these military groups from all over the world. And as different as we were, you know, as soon as we would finish the show that night, we would walk down to the bar and we are all family again. And I, I, I distinctly remember um, partying with the Germans. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got They had an oompa band, uh, a, like a Bavarian um umpa bands that we all started playing together and it the police were called um the interaction <laughs> was peaceful but we were told to go home at two in the morning because we were absolutely obliterated and it was it was the most fun i've had i had had in such a long time um you know and it, this is this has got to be what it's like when you walk into the vortex or the uh pull all those nightclubs on the citadel where you have different species, you don't you don't necessarily speak each other's language, but you do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a you know, there's it's there are there are relationships like that where you don't need all the details. You're still kind of a family. You're all in the same galaxy, mm -hmm. you know, and it's an open bar. So <laughs> that some of my crazy times, I think the craziest times of my life, because I am quite a boring person, was when I was in Seoul. Um, and I met lots and lots of South Korean rock uh, army specifically. And they have in Korea what's called norebangs, which are its karaoke room. And it's awesome because your party gets to have a private room to eat, drink, and sing karaoke. <laughs> and yeah. those are the best. <laughs> There's also no public drunkenness laws in South Korea. So like you'll just see people just swaying on the <laughs> sidewalk and, or into the subway. Um, and it was, it's so, in my case, I did speak their language, but I also feel like there was just a huge bond there. And I got to meet some Canadian military as well. And it's just the same thing. I don't know. It's just, it's so weird because to me, the I mean, the military is not obviously a peacekeeping organization, but it's so weird how we're able to make those bonds with people from all over. And you're like, well, there we go. That's it. Now we're all friends, right? <laughs> like, it's just so weird how it's it can coexist. We are a fighting yeah. force. And yet we are also just a bunch of young kids in charge of shit we should not be in charge of because <laughs> we're too young and making friends and just having fun. Like, it's just such a weird 
but really interesting thing. I, when you were talking about your stories and I'm thinking back about mine and I'm just like, it's so weird how I went from that person to the person I am now just sitting in a house all day because of COVID and I have a toddler. It's so, it feels like a whole different world that I was in when I was so young and the things I wrote were seen by people at the highest offices in this country. And I'm like, I'm nobody, but the military really makes you somebody. And that, that's like, the main character energy we go back to with the video games, I think, yeah. you know? Well, it's, it's funny. So at work today, uh, my day, my day job, I work for a sign company. Um, and we do everything from like street and business signs to, uh, vehicle decals and wraps. Um, and one of the job, one of the sort of th- things I did today, I had to put up a whole bunch of text on a wall and, um, you know, for, for, a, an exhibit. And so I, I, I got to the place and, um, you know, the, the guy there, super nice. I'm actually going to send him a discord invite for reasons, which will become apparent shortly. Super nice guy. Um, I, you know, put the graphic up on the wall and sort of taped it up and said, okay, here, why don't you come take a look at it before I stick it? Um, tell me what you think, you know, is this work for you? He takes a look at it. He says, yep, great. Looks, looks awesome. Um, I, you know, do the install and we were making small talk afterwards. And, you know, he said, oh, cool. You're like a musician and you do this and this and this and this. And he said, so like, you do like a lot of things. And I said, well, yeah, I, you know, I got to you know pay the bill. So like, what, you know, whatever I've, you know, I've picked up a whole bunch of hobbies. And then he points at me and he says, oh, cool. And you got a mass relay tattoo on your arm. And I, dropped everything right small obsession so he he was the first person to actually recognize it and i had a sweatshirt on with like my um sleeves rolled up so you couldn't even see the whole tattoo but he saw it and he went we have we you know we've now started a like a relationship if you will like a you know i know something about you and we've gone through like the same thing or you know we, we have something in common mm-hmm. um which is it was like the coolest thing ever. So, um, you know, if if Brandon listens to this, hey man, <laughs> I haven't sent out the Discord invite yet. Um, but it's it is so awesome to, especially through video games, find those connections with people. It's like oh, yeah. it's super neat. And that's what I love about the Discord, uh, about the main Robots Radio Discord, is that. We in the Mass Effect Lorecast channel, we all have at least that one thing in common. So whether or not we disagree on any other views outside of the game, we at least have that establishing relationship of we've played this game and we know the experiences that each other have gone through. We've had to make those decisions, and I, I, I for obvious reasons, I will not you know give away spoilers here but you know there are some very tough decisions that you have to make in that game mm-hmm. and you know we've all we've all been through it and you know at the at the end of it it's it doesn't matter what you've decided it's a point of connection that we can connect on yep speaking of points of connection <laughs> what i would like to know who your canon romances are and if you are a main femship or broship player Ooh, so most of my most of if, if if i'm given the option to play as either male or female 
or other, you know, character. I actually, I generally choose female. You know, I, I have done bro ship run-throughs, but I've actually really enjoyed doing femship run-throughs because it's a, it's a whole perspective that I don't have in real life. And I think one of the most sort of uh, sobering moments was when you first meet Harkin in Korra's den, mm-hmm. and he's a total schmuck like it just a you can say douchebag or fuckhead or whatever you want to say in this moment oh man you know if you play as femship and you take the abuse that harkin hurls at you 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 best let garris have you know do whatever he wants in you know Mm -hmm. what during the whole uh his, his loyalty mission later on because that sack of shit it just and you realize, that, you know, so if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, for those of you who have not met Harkin, he just uh, an absolute sexist pig, I think, I think is, is the most professional way to um, describe him. Hey there, sweetheart. You looking for some fun? Because I gotta say, that soldier getup looks real good on that body of yours. Why don't you sit your sweet little ass down beside old Harkin? Have a drink. See where this goes. I'd rather drink a cup of acid after chewing on a razor blade. You trying to hurt my feelings? You gotta do better than that. After 20 years with CSEC, I've been called every name in the book, princess. Call me princess again and you'll be picking your teeth up off the floor. Now tell me where Garrus is. Yeah, so fuck that guy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Agreed. Yeah, so interestingly enough, playing as a woman... um, you know, and having like that interaction and that's not the only interaction. I mean, there are other sort of moments where you, you really see the, the inequality and the, just the unrefined discourse that happens, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, you know, when you're, when you're playing as a female character. Um, and I think it's honestly as, as awful as it is to be, you know, catcalled and whatnot i also think it's a great opportunity because as a gamer you look at that you feel uncomfortable and you realize that it's not just the game like these people exist in real life and it's it's an unfortunate reality that you know as a as a as a guy i don't really think twice about it right i don't you know that's not something that really affects me if i'm walking home at night or if i'm you know sitting by myself at a bar and it's 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 one of those sort of instances that guys really need to be aware of, you know. Just because you don't have to think about it doesn't mean that she doesn't. And oh, so you mean you've I, never had a Batarian tell you that the stripper auditions are over in the other room. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you even are considering it is good. Like one one more man on our side is. <laughs> always a better step in the direction that we need to go in but yeah i mean, I mean if there are instances i know i know with some female friends of mine where of yeah of, i mean we will like shit on each other all day just you know back and forth and back and forth but it's within the context of an established friendship that is built on respect and a mutual sort of um understanding that all of this is in jest and Mm -hmm. you know even even then sometimes we'll kind of push too far it's like okay yeah that's that's yeah let's back that off but to play as femship and i think i mean jennifer hale does this just absolutely stunning job of delivering that character um is 
you know, it's, it's a perspective that I don't get to play in real life. You know, not that I'm flying spaceships around and, you know, I'm not really doing all the Shepard stuff in real life. Um, but to to even get a glimpse at what it's like from a completely different point of view. I mean, that's why it's called a role playing game. Yeah. You know, you don't have to play your role. Right. So if I sometimes I'll make the character in my image and, you know, do that whole thing. But a lot of times I I want to experience a different point of view. You know, and within romance, oh my gosh, like what a what a completely eye-opening experience to to sort of approach romance from, you know, the opposite sex's point of view. <laughs> I mean, mm. you know, even even beyond all of the species differences and the, you know, cultural differences, just the whole idea of, you know, romance is a two-way transaction or three or four or five, but like that's, you know, to simply play through a game and say, well, you know, I'm the guy and I, you know, save the world and get the girl. And, you know, it, it, it's more than that. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say it's more than that. It's not just that. So mm-hmm. um, I've, so I've, I've really enjoyed playing different perspectives and different backgrounds. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not saying I've learned a whole lot, but it's way more than what I started with, and that's a start. Have you used any of Garrus's pickup lines on Pipe Girl? Uh, have I? <laughs> probably. But by that token, um, and she'll probably listen to this later, I'm pretty sure she's used some of Garrus's lines on me. And, I mean, what can I say? They work. They work. They work, you know? I mean, there's there are references to calibrating that are just not fit for any you know anything outside of this podcast (laughs) turian's always bragging about their reach and flexibility yep she had flexibility but i had reach i think i actually used that in a conversation once just mistakenly and nobody got it except for me and now Uh, i'm like laughing like an idiot (laughs) they're like what's so funny i'm like just don't forget i use it in emails yeah yeah me me and jen always slip that one in to each other constantly Um, It's just expected at this point. But my sister and I are, we always get each other's references to literally anything. That's one of the hardest things about being apart from her now is just the fact that I'll say something so freaking funny that she would laugh at (laughs) and no one else gets it. I'm just like, no one else does anything that we do. Like you guys haven't watched this show or played this game. Like, (laughs) I don't know. So it's kind of a bummer. But that's, that's, I think that's part of the fun. Mm Mm-hmm you know is finding that person who'll get it Mm -hmm. i mean you can i mean pravati you can you can make jokes about eating crayons to me (laughs) yes i'll laugh and a lot of people will go what the fuck are you talking about i've never heard the uber one before that was good i've heard um that the marines are the men's department of the navy before and i thought that was funny it's hilarious the whole the whole acronym (laughs) of marines is my ass rides in navy equipment Mm -hmm. sir yeah yeah navy is never again volunteer yourself (laughs) that's one of the ones i heard yeah oh what Mm. Mm. share more (laughs) oh forgive me for this that's fine one of the funniest ones i've heard yet was need any vaseline yet (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious to me my husband was a samariner and they're all very homoerotic so it's totally true yeah but at at, at the same time i mean (laughs) <laughs> the shit that we did in the core you know 
on the outside you're like okay so spartans uh right oh okay right yeah Yeah, yours is pt shorts are real short so silkies baby yeah like upper thigh jen i i still buy them because they're so comfortable i imagine they chafe not at all (laughs) it looks like it looks like genesis has some googling to do oh no i don't need to do the googles okay all right just all right so just yeah i reached the top rank in the military because i i i am a pfc and therefore, I am top rank because I'm a private fucking private? citizen. <laughs> oh my god! Yep, and I'm stationed at First Civilian Division. So yeah, maybe maybe we can send you a picture of Garrus photoshopped into some silkies. I feel like it'd be terrifying. I yeah. do having fo- a dinosaur chicken Wait. into some silkies. <laughs> I, do, I do so I do Photoshop, and I've been sort of letting letting this sort of slide. I was just thinking. I mean, my, my brain is completely, you know, off the rails at this point. But I think one of the coolest romance things about Mass Effect is not the romance between the character, between Shepard and another character. It's the romances that happen between your NPCs. Mm-hmm. I don't see many games doing that. Um, uh, and spoilers ahead. So here's your fucking spoiler. Walking in on Tally and Garrus is hysterical. Oh, yeah. I'm attempt- I, I'm trying to get Donnelly and uh, Gabby and Gabby Ken. Gabby what's her nuts yeah um, I, I apparently that's a thing mm-hmm. Joker and Edie uh, I'm trying to think what other and then there's romance. even non squad mates too that hook up there's the Asari and the Krogan on Ilium in two mm-hmm. and then their relationship uh, carries on into three Ch- Char Char mm-hmm. and I cannot remember her name for the i don't life know of me. if she has a name she's just called the ilium rose mm. but like and how 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 beautiful is that that he's that you know you've got this you know battle battle turtle buddy just singing poetry i know to his girlfriend of a completely different species oh, it's I, it's so neat it's so he neat learns. he learns he does better yeah and in three it's fucking crushing my two favorite things about any any form of media, any any characters, are people doing things that you would not expect them to do, and the orphan child meeting up with the pseudo parent, like a la Joel and Ellie in Last of Us, that type of trope. Oh, love it, perfect, yeah, so amazing. And then the people doing things you don't expect is the Krogan reciting poetry, for instance. Oh, love it, love it, love so it, much. Love it. Yep. Those always make I mean, me so happy. Cloudy says she has a name. Uh, the Ilium Rose's name is Araba. Oh yeah, nice. Yep. And Cloudy, I I will I will get that arrangement of uh, vigil to you. It's on my do- <laughs> it's on, it's on my to do list. I feel like your whole um, life now is just like being a music performer for the Mass Effect Lorecast. Well, spoiler alerts. Um, this Sunday, um, there's going to be a Mass Effect Lorecast episode. Um, in which there's going to be some live music and we are going to talk about it. So, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's, uh, so it, I, I've wait, had, it's going to I've be had... you and Mike. Yeah. <gasps> that episode's finally mm-hmm. happening. Oh, it I is. Can't wait. Yep. This, so yeah. So this, this coming Sunday at, uh, you know, at a, at a reasonable hour Pacific and an obscene hour Eastern, <laughs> um, I can, I can, I can reveal that, um, one of the pieces of music, that may or may not be talked about is the love theme. So oh. 
where uh, we there's there's there will be a little bit of discussion on um on some of that music so there Can will be just, there like, will be romance honorable involved. mention of shepherd's tango that's, <laughs> that's a good oh, piece of music <laughs> especially oh i'm gonna the re- scene wait, that accompanies gonna... it mm-hmm. have you not heard it i Pagan? think i'm gonna have to play the the shepherd's, shepherd's tango. tango oh i am so gonna learn this you must and you must watch the scene in which it happens because I'm oh, on the YouTube video right now. Are you so a Garrismancer or who's your FemShep canon? Who's my FemShep canon? Yeah. Oh boy. Um oh boy. It's usually Liara, but cuz I mean, uh, I like nerds and I like science and, you know, it to 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 romance somebody as equally nerdy and socially awkward as I just kind of makes sense. Um is that you and... in real life too? Is pipe girl nerdy rom- romance option <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna tag her i'm gonna tag her in that in this discussion um actually uh she, i mean she's kind of, she's a little bit introverted but um definitely way smarter than me definitely way more learned i mean just go check out the you know literature uh channel on discord puts me to shame oh i love that <laughs> oh Oh, I love it. No, it's great. <laughs> I love men hyping their women. That's my favorite. That's another one of my you favorites. Know, I have a lot of favorites. <laughs> it's if you can find somebody that does really good things that are different than what you do, it's it's fantastic. You know, like we both we both cook, we both do, you know, X amount of things, but like she does her literature, she you know, does all of this other stuff that I just haven't had the time or frankly interest in pursuing but it's so neat to have around so yeah so i'm going to i'm going to save this youtube video of (laughs) shepherd's tango i can't wait for you to see that i you know what i will probably go pour myself a another dram and go learn this (laughs) it's pretty short so i think you'd be able to learn it really quick (laughs) well uh, you know what sucks is i think it's pretty much a standard tango Mm -hmm. if yeah probably what stinks is that like none of Mass Effect's music is published really. So Yeah. You know. But that's you know, that's actually part of the fun. Let's go listen to this and see if we can learn it. Well, I guess if there's any last thoughts that you have for video game romance, video game military stuff. <laughs> what is your yeah, favorite no, romance out of any game? Anything? You know, it's um I know we had we had we'd actually talked about the enslaved romance um, between monkey which is and not trip, what I which was is expecting r- it to be right. I, I think that's one of the reasons this like it's so cool is because you go, what the is this? And then by the end of the game, I mean, I you haven't played it yet, so no. But when you told me that your favorite game was enslaved, I was like, oh, am I about to see a dark side of Pipe Man? But oh. uh, it's not what I thought it was. It's no, it's. Um, I'm sorry, it's not quite as kinky as you were probably hoping, but um, it's a actually it's a really neat story. Um, you know, just the ro- the romance in it starts as um, you know she has control of him via a mind control device. Again, I'm leaving out details, but by the end of it, he chooses to wear it instead of being forced to wear it. Mm-hmm. and you know because he cares because you know and the, their character arcs are just they change so much but by the end of it he says no 
like let me wear this until you know the end of the game because you know because not not because i have to but because i want to mm-hmm. and it's not and it you know and not it's not even like a stockholm syndrome kind of thing it's a you know it's because it like essentially keeps her alive and you know whatever so it's it's this it's the arcs that happen within video game romance that are just absolutely fascinating so you know if you if you haven't played any of these games go play them you know enjoy the romance take you know learn from them they're game romances they're not real life but they do offer some really interesting insights you know and it i think it's it's a great way to just kind of you know role play get into a different mindset you know learn from the other perspective find romances that aren't just like sexual romance you know form bonds that are between brothers family you know it's uh i think romance in the way that we generally first think of it is only the tip of the iceberg you know it goes so much deeper than just you know video game sexy time (laughs) it's yeah it's you know it's such a it's such a great way to you know to connect not only with another personality or identity but it's also a great way to kind of come back to yourself i mean hell after leaving the core and going through some frankly pretty up shit experiencing experiencing those kinds of relationships just through games is you know it's it's one of the most human things i've done you know recently right is to is to is to explore the imagination with you know with another character you're welcome my pleasure i knew we'd have fun oh yeah. <laughs> you're cool you can just tell or at Thanks. least to me i don't know what my you opinion guys... matters though because i am a nerd <laughs> cool to me now we all are <laughs> and that's and that's and that's why we talked about this for an hour <laughs> oh yeah and frankly we probably could go keep going but a few things before we wrap up the show tonight our patreon is live so give us money and we will give you content <laughs> we are at patreon.com is that a backslash or a regular slash you figure it out two girls one ship you can join for as little as a dollar a month that is just 25 cents per episode and it will go to help support these girls and allow us to upgrade the quality of our equipment and bring you a better overall experience each tier unlocks a new perk and we hope you enjoy them we have a poll right now up for what we will be discussing on our first live patron chat next friday which is what is that the third 29th january 29th 28th i'm not good at math you figure it out we all have smartphones the 28th 28th (laughs) um yeah where was i oh so if you want to pick up what we talk about come and join or if you want to share your thoughts or anything else that we have listed in our tiers, we have some higher tiers that will get you on the live stream and we'll shout out your name in every episode and blah, blah, blah. It'll be great. I hope you enjoy it. Take a look. Uh, and with that, we already have shout outs to make. A hopeless romantic and total beast mode bestie, uh, Toasty is here to support and show his love. And so thank you very much, Toasty, for becoming our first hopeless romantic. Um, And for this week's mundane moment, another big supporter of the show, Apollo, 
said that he would like to see Shepard and Liara have an argument about Liara having correspondence from Shepard's mom, if you played that origin story, where Liara gets to see embarrassing baby pictures. And I'd freaking love to see that. What do you think, like, an embarrassing baby picture would look like? Like, Shepard holding a, a gun? I don't even know. Like, well, there's the classic picture of you know naked baby lying on the blanket, and mom takes a picture of your butt, mm, or like a baby eating spaghetti. Oh, with the bowl dumped over the head, or the cake smash on your mm-hmm. first birthday. So, night, yeah, gotta be a crying picture in there too. It's like my kid. My kid doesn't smile for anybody, which the feminist in me is really okay with, but the mom in me is like, just keep smile for a freaking picture. <laughs> just wait until she gets into her mom it's kawaii face. oh my god <laughs> great okay so that's what i'm dealing with so it is over smiles i'm like look at me with those soulless eyes one more time and i'm not <laughs> not soulless as <laughs> soul less no i so i i'm just laughing that hard at you describing your kid as soulless it's amazing okay i'm so sorry Pipeman. no you're, you're still here fine. listening to us <laughs> No, this is entertaining as hell. Actually, I hope you're happy listening to us, because that's like the whole point of this. (laughs) Well, if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review and subscribe. You can find me and Genesis in the Two Girls, One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel. And come give us a follow on the social medias at Two Girls, One Ship links are in the description yep we are all on that robots radio discord and don't forget that we will be live streaming each recording of each of the episodes on twitch and youtube at two girls one ship every friday at 10 30 p.m eastern 7 30 pacific and releasing the podcast episodes on sundays now we might not always record live on friday night but we will always have an episode up for you on sundays uh is there anything that you want to shout out at um how people can reach you cool things that you have going on we've kind of already talked a lot about that tonight (laughs) um well if you are if you like music specifically interesting music um hit me up pipemanstudios.com um from there you can find me on itunes and I think spot I think I'm on Spotify. Um I'm a composer. I write a lot of weird and fun interesting shit. So, um, you know, and if you are wanting to hear more about the whole music and video game connection, um tune in Sunday this uh this coming Sunday for the Mass Effect Lorecast where um a colleague and I are going to dissect and discuss some of uh the music from the world's best and only video game sorry the only (laughs) one you should really play (laughs) (laughs) it's the only video game now that's honestly at this point you know i've i've already tattooed myself it might as well be the only one so uh yeah tune in we're gonna talk about some really fantastic music um from this game series i cannot wait Thank you again for coming on here, and we will put links to your website in our description. Um, Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much for listening, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.
when a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.